Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter and threads at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, everywhere. We appreciate that. We sure do. And, and I hope you're enjoying the show. I hope you've enjoyed the week. And I hope you didn't mind that we were a little late this week. And we're talking MMA judging. Shocking. Make sure you read the criteria. Please do. We're going to be talking about it a lot today. Yeah. It's kind of what we do. You know, yeah. we, We're not going to obsess over it. But, you know, obviously, like I said, we were delayed this week. Usually we're a Monday show. This is a Thursday episode. It's the second time, too, that we've been delayed. But also, we're going to get back to normal soon. But the reason why we're delayed is Dan here ironically went out to Vegas, not to watch the fights, but to uh, participate in the World Series of Poker. I would have watched the fights if someone invited me. That's true. No one did. Well, I think it's messed up that Dana didn't just call you over. Honestly, I don't know why. Should have found him at the roulette no, table. Because or, or at the uh, po- uh, blackjack. That's his game, right? They should have brought me there like to just start watching over for the job I'm taking over. Uh, Mark Ratner's. That, yeah, of At course. some point. Yes. So. You're obviously taking over Mark yes. Ratner's job. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I should. I, I, For the record, I think Mark Ratner does a terrific job. He does, but he's not going to be there forever. Sure. That's... True enough. You got to start grooming me to take over. So it's an easy transition. I think they have a plan in mind. And it should be me. It doesn't involve you. That's unfortunate. I'm sorry. It is what it is. But how was Vegas? I mean, did you have good any time? time? You good can't time. share everything, but how did the how did the poker series go? Uh, good time. Uh, I lost. Uh, that's that's about it. That's tournament poker for you. And that's all I have to say about so, that. A lot of variants. What was the hand that beat you? Uh, there was a few. Yeah. I had. I had. I, the one I, that I knocked played, you out. I played three out. tournaments. All right. Uh, one one of them sevens versus ace king classic flip. Uh, uh, lady hit a ace on the turn. Uh, nines versus ace king another classic flip. Guy flopped a king, and the other one was not very classic. But I had ten bigs. Anyone that knows poker, like ten big blinds, you get a decent hand. You got to shove. I had jack ten suited. I jammed it. Got called by ace jack. Totally dominated. Flopped a flush, and we're out. And we're back home with some Burtonese. You know, I understood parts of what you said there. Okay. Yeah. I, I heard flush and flop. Okay. And and I think I knew that. All right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you, you, you said you sunburned your knees. Now, uh, I'll lift the lid here a little bit. Dan and I actually started recording about five minutes ago and did not realize that we weren't recording. We were just talking into, uh, into the void. Fortunately, I dropped an unusual F-bomb that we were going to have to bleep out, and I looked at the timestamp, and Dan also realized, oh, we're not recording. So we started over. Dan had already relayed the fact that he did have sunburned knees, which surprised me because I also sunburned my knees in the last few days, and we couldn't believe it. So yeah. just just relive the surprise with us right now. <gasps> Amazing. I can't believe Shut that happened. Uh, we didn't plan that. but Yeah, make sure you make sure you, you sunscreen on your on your legs. Just your knees. No, 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 no. Just your knees. 100, 109 degree Vegas sun apparently penetrates water. I was unaware. That is actually so. Funny. I didn't know that. It kind of magnifies it. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> the way my legs look, I, I have to agree. So Yeah. Well, I, I just made the mistake of thinking, oh, my legs usually don't get burned, and most of my legs did not get burned, except the part of them that's always exclu- you know, covered <laughs> up by my shorts. And when I wear, a, let's say, and I don't wear, a, I'm not wearing a Speedo here. But the bathing suits I wear are shorter than my baggy shorts that I like to wear, my athletic shorts. Mm. So it left that part exposed, and it's like, well, we're not used to this. And so they, they, they didn't like that too much. I roasted. covered it up, but it was too late. Got roasted. Yeah. I'm, I'm at the itchy stage. You're not quite there yet, right? No, I'm still in the pain stage. 
Sorry to hear that. I also have, Dan, I don't know if I, if I showed you, but I also have what I am called, like people are saying, oh, it's a farmer's tan. I call it a reader's tan because you can see here, it's it looks like a farmer's tan. I'm showing mm -hmm. Dan here that I have the line, you know, right, where, where the short sleeve ends. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work on the other side. It just looks normal uh -huh. because I don't, I don't have a farmer's tan. I wasn't out farming the field and getting mm -hmm. sun everywhere. Part of it was obscured <laughs> by the fact that I was reading the whole time. My Bo Jackson book that I finally got. Is it called Bo Knows? No, this one's not. There, I think there might be a Bono's book. That's oh, an old one. There's one. a new oh, one. Okay. No, it's a new biography by somebody else. It came oh, out okay. uh, last year, and I got it for Christmas. I was really excited for this, and so far it's been really uh, fascinating. Okay. So I'm super into it. Um, but yeah, that uh, that's another lesson. If you're reading and uh, and you think your arms are going to be fine, you're dumb. Not <laughs> not pointing out any people who've ever been dumb in that particular way, but you know, you, if you think that, you're dumb. That's all. Yeah. Draw your own conclusions. <laughs> anyway, we, we missed, obviously, uh, being able to talk right away about the latest UFC fight night that, I mean, I, I don't know how many people were, like, super excited for it. I actually liked a lot of the depth on the card. I just didn't like the main event here, um, which, yeah, it ended up being a, an impressive. We're not going to go deep into this because it's days old, but um, I thought it was at least an impressive performance by Sean Trickland after weathering kind of a first round. And, and I wouldn't say weathering, but kind of waiting out what he probably figured was an early storm and then crushing it round two. But also... Abus or Abus Magomedov is severely outside of his depth in terms of rankings position. Like you go to you go to Fight Matrix, Abus was 59th going in. Go to Tapology, he was 35th. Wherever you go, you have Sean Strickland as a top five toxics guy. It's it doesn't they shouldn't have been paired together. And this wasn't I don't I don't remember this being a like last minute change, right? This was planned. I'm, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. I think it was. So it was a stupid fight that shouldn't have been made, but Strickland looked good, but. Are we impressed enough with Sean Strickland's win to the point that he should actually be getting the next title shot? No, you got Duplessis and Whitaker to settle in for that this weekend. Would you let? Would you say Whitaker a third time if he wins that fight, though? Yeah, or or that's who Strickland has to fight and be to get the next shot. Yeah, maybe. I think that like, probably be. I would be more okay with that. I think. Did, did they fight already? I can't remember. I mean, Strickland's last title shot was awful. Strickland didn't get a title shot. He, or, or he had the, uh, yeah. the, the title eliminator with with, uh, with the former champion. He, who he's now training with and probably getting beat up okay. on a more regular basis. That, I mean, that enough says I pumped the brakes on that title yeah, shot. So. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, no, they have not fought, actually, I would say. So that would be a fresh matchup. I actually don't hate the idea of like that you said that you put the winners against each other. But if it's Drikus, like, they don't want to do Alex Pajeda because reasons, I guess. Well, he's 205 now. But, like. If the guy got another title fight at 185, was he going to say no? No, he's not, but I don't no. think Izzy's not going to give it to him. But that's what's stupid. That's not what's supposed so. to work. You remember when, uh, this is going way back in history, remember Tito wouldn't give uh, Chuck Liddell a, a title shot? Well, yeah, they used to be friends, and they weren't friends. Yeah, but like that's that and was then... against the UFC ethos, right? And Dana kind of like made things happen, right? I think that's how every single fight should be. You get <laughs> You get paired up, and that's your fight, and that's it, and that's that. I don't think Aljamain Sterling wanted to fight in August, but didn't seem like he had much of a choice. It kind of just got made, and he's like, I guess I have to do this. Yeah, but there's so. people that get that get that luxury of saying no. Sure. And it, it, and usually it's people who've defended their title a few times in a row. If only Aljo had done that. I, yeah. Well. <laughs> just, I'm just saying here, anyway. Um, but yeah, that I, I think it'll be done. But I actually do like your idea. Uh, if Whitaker does win, I think him versus Strickland, that would actually produce a fight where it's like, all right, you, you can't really argue anybody else if it's not going to be Pajeda. It's really this fight, even if it is Whitaker who comes out at the top. But I don't love Whitaker getting a shot off of that fight. 
I just don't love it. I don't okay. know. Nothing against Whitaker. I really love him. I think he's a fantastic middleweight. Uh, I think he's in the wrong era. That's what it is. Middleweight's such a disaster. It right also now. is. That's true. So, you're not wrong. Um, shout to Sean Sheehan, who also uh, has been beating that drum for probably longer like, than we're Like saying. if Bo Nickel is super impressive this <laughs> weekend, <laughs> like shoot, I expect <laughs> him to be. Why not just throw him in here? I, I'm almost at the point where it's like, shoot, I'd, I'd almost be okay with it. But no, I'm like, still not. That would be a hell of a story. It would be a hell of a story. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, that's we don't my want, guy, Bo Nickel. We don't want to belabor the point too much because, we, you know, we're, we're, again, closer to the next weekend than the last weekend. So let's think about the fact that, hey, you're listening on Thursday. Tonight, friends, is the UFC Hall of Fame induction. And I just wanted quick thoughts, especially from you, my friend here, Dan. Mm-hmm. Quick thoughts on the inductees. Anderson Silva. Goat. Goat, period. Just a goat. A goat. A goat. Jose Aldo. A goat. But you don't always, you haven't always loved Aldo. Haven't always loved him, but you got to respect him. Sure. I think that's fair. Jens Pulver. Pioneer. For sure. Uh, Donald Cerrone. Gangster. Should he be in the Hall of Fame? That's been the question. Yeah, why not? He's, he's, a, he's a journeyman. I'll give him that. But he gave, he gave us a lot of uh, a lot of fun moments. <laughs> so the goofy follow-up question that most people would ask and then have a debate with her, but I know what you'll say. Does that make Jim Mil- uh, Miller a Hall of Famer, oh, too? Jesus. <laughs> like, without, a, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was pretty much the response I was looking for. And then uh, Lawler versus R- Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald, number two. Crazy fight. Amazing fight. Yeah. I It's one of my... Th- I, I'm, you want to say it's not the greatest fight? Whatever. I don't know. There's been a lot of revisions history now, but it was one of the most fun fights that I can remember experiencing. Oh, it was so, a lot of fun. So when, when they're I'm staring at each that. other mid like after the round, like round four, I think it was, and they're just in each other's face. Yeah. Blood out, just like that's just a moment. It was a wild, wild fight. I can't believe they actually let that go. I don't think I don't think every referee lets that go with the uh, um, the split lip, the split lip. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, no, yeah, the, but Blake Rice might not have the Vermilion, right? Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, that's fascinating they, too. They got uh, to that point. Blake Rice and uh, Jaron Fallell were they were very adamant about that part of the part of the body. Like people people Being use damaged. the term war, right? Like mm-hmm. this was this was if you're talking about. In the context of fighting and not in the ter- context of, you know, global conflict, this is this is war. This was war. They went to battle, and it's like, yeah, what a fight. It was. It was. Um, on to, again, past weekend, contested rounds. Honestly, we they should play th- that fight before they induct it. Like, play it in it. Just entirety. everyone just watches it and enjoys yeah, it? Yeah. Like, on the screen. Maybe they will. Like, if they, they get a lot not. of finishes or something, got time to kill, just play that fight. Oh, oh, on the pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh, I thought just, you meant, like, at the induction ceremony. Just Everyone play in the crowd just watches it. Oh, like, that, um, that could be That would be good, too. Yeah. I, I yeah. think that's cool. Play it twice. Yeah. How Rory goes, because, I mean, I don't know. He, he didn't participate in any part of the, like, video packages and stuff. And he can be a little, he's, he's a little different, mm. you know. So I hope he's there. But anyway, again, I'm back, to get back to old business, our, our usual business, contested rounds, where we go over all of the split rounds. The unanimity report, before we even get into that, is that there were 21 rounds scored in total, 15 of which the judges were agreement unanimously for a 71.4% rate, which is almost exactly on the button for the average. This is about as close as you get for an average day at the mm-hmm. office with one nine, eight split. Yeah. And oddly enough, as I pointed out to you, sir, all of the split rounds that are over the winner of the round are female fights, women's mm-hmm. fights. The eight, nine is in the one male fight on our, on our board here. So we'll get to that one. But first, mm-hmm. let's lead off with a fight that I didn't think was all that controversial. And I don't think many people did. It was one that was very split down the middle for the few people that weighed in media-wise uh, on MMA decisions. 
that Ariane Lipsky got the split decision win over Melissa Gatto. Yeah, three different scores. That's always one thing that kind of perks people up, right? Because we've got a couple rounds. Mm-hmm. 30-27 and 29-28, and then a 28-29, or 29-28 the other way, for Gatto. Which means we got rounds one and two here. The reason why we're leading off with this in particular, it's not just because it's a split decision with two rounds here, is that one Twitter personality in particular, a noted uh, MMA better and, I guess, better advice guy. I don't know what you would call him, right? Handy, 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 handicapper. Thank you. Uh, word escaped me. Luca Fury. Um, to uh, to be perfectly honest, I have no issues with personally. He uh, seems like a decent guy whenever we've interacted or whatever. But um, he went ballistic, for <laughs> lack of a better term here, and threw a tantrum. I think is also an accurate term for the way he reacted to the decision of this fight, and it was singular in such a way that I didn't see anybody else. Bat an eyelash over this, except he went into a monster tirade throughout for like a while on uh, social media that night about judging corruption and and how you know we got to get Sal D'Amato and Chris Lee out of here and all that kind of thing. Uh, meanwhile, incidentally, he saw it the same way as Adelaide Bird, who was the judge who saw this from Melissa Gatto. Now, I have nothing against Adelaide Bird, but she, like many judges, has been a punching bag of the MMA community before. And I'm sure, if I was to guess, probably Luca Fury in the past. So we're just kind of picking and choosing when we get mad here. And I'm just going to point that out. But anyway, I didn't think we were going to have to talk that deep about this one. Let's talk about the rounds and then let's go a little deeper. So round one. What happened? Yeah, it, it's a pretty close round. Lipsky's pressing forward seems to be the one landing early, but Gatto. Can, can we also point out they didn't do anything for about 40 seconds? They did. They just walked at each other. Yeah. Uh, Gatto is able to start landing her counter shots uh, while she's going backwards. I think on the whole, Gatto has a better round, but Lipsky does land a couple good shots, especially the right hand that has Gatto kind of off balance for a brief second. She landed a good body kick. If you can't see how someone would score this for Lipsky, it's just that you're wildly biased. You need something to blame it on for your bet not cashing, and that's it. There's, there's, this is just a close round. If you, if you don't yeah. see the fact that this is a relatively close round, a reasonably close round, I should say, um, I don't know how to help you. I really don't. You know, this is. <laughs> you're gonna have to talk to to more expert personalities than probably myself and really start picking brains and things like that. Um, which I recommend if people go to the uh, the MMA officials training in just a few weeks in Las Vegas. Anybody lives out there, um, check out the ABC website for that. Contact uh, Mike Bazuli if you are interested. That would be my suggestion to anybody. But to get back to this round in particular, yeah. I, what's the problem here? What is the problem here? This the is problem a- is he had one bet on this card, and he this did. was that fight, and that's, that's the problem. That's exactly true in, in the case of Luca Fury, absolutely. That was the only problem. That That is exactly the problem. But but again, like I just I can't believe this is the fight that we're getting upset about. Like, man, we've seen fights week to week, and you and I are like, oh, what's everyone upset about? But at least everyone's upset. So, like, I don't know if it's, you know, sometimes it's like a groupthink kind of thing. Some people see it, and they just go along with it because they want to sound smart, right? Hmm. I feel like that's a lot of it. But that didn't happen here. That really didn't happen here. So where did this come from? That's what I don't get. It can't, it's just it, nuts. It comes from the spot where you see it in betters where they lose and then they come out with, man, we did the tape. We did it. <laughs> we, we were on the right side and the judges screwed us. It's always weird, we right? were We were on the right side. And it's like, were we watching the same fight? Because it looked very competitive and close to me. Like, what do you mean we're on the right side? The, the, by far, not a blowout. 
Or the guy that gets knocked out and they're like, yeah, we were on the right side if he didn't get punched in the face. <laughs> well, yeah. Bad beat there. What are you going to do with that? Shoot. Shoot. If only it didn't land that giant knockout spinning heel kick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I still can't believe this is the round that we're, we're mad over. Now, granted, Sal D'Amato is the out judge here, right? He's the one who gave the 30-27. And, of course, no one is a bigger lightning rod in modern MMA uh, judging conversation than Sal D'Amato, which comes entirely, in my opinion, from the fact that he's on almost every, not almost every fight, but he's on might, way more fights than any other judge. Shocking. I, 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 he's on so many main events that it was shocking to hear he wasn't on the main event this I was this surprised part. too yeah. I was surprised as well so but yeah that that was you know what I I, I will say this I, I we'll get back to these rounds in a second but I want to point I did want to highlight that I'm glad you talked about that I think it's really great and I, you know me I think Sal D'Amato is a terrific judge I, I defend him I, I, mm-hmm. I you know I didn't defend him on that that one round a couple weeks ago, but that's like I said at the time. That is the only round that I can really remember where I said I just don't see it the way Sal did. But the fact that we're actually seeing other a, a whole set of three other judges in Las Vegas, which mm-hmm. does attract the best pool, we're seeing three other judges get the main event assignment. Which you know, hey, when it comes down to it, you know, this fight may not be that much more important than anything else because, like I said, it's a stupid matchup that almost seems set up to give Strickland a win. But it's still a main event. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really great to give more main event experience to the general population of those Vegas judges, which are fantastic judges. So I like seeing it. I'm not saying Sal D'Amato doesn't deserve more main events, but if they rotated it more in Las Vegas than they have, I think that would be fantastic. I think that everybody actually wins there. Because first off, especially Sal D'Amato, he's not going to hear his name out there all the time. You know, yeah. he doesn't have to be the lasting memory for anybody. Someone else can get a turn, right? But also, it gives many more chances for these other judges to get the baton a little bit in those main events that maybe they're not getting it as much. Like a, like a Ron McCarthy, who I think absolutely deserves more main events than he gets. Mm-hmm. These type of people. And I, I think that's great. So you know, not, not to get too far away from this fight, but I, I thought that was something to highlight. I'm glad you brought it up. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Um, Want to head on? Well, I should I should say, yes. Yeah. So Sal D'Amato was the out judge here. It was judges uh, Adelaide Byrne and Chris Lee who saw this one for Gatto um, in this case. And, well, I did too. Mm-hmm. So, but super close. Still don't know why it's crazy. But anyway, round two. <laughs> uh, both start the round off with a you're pretty good exchange. Uh, Gatto with a kick, Lipsky with a knee. At distance, Lipsky is landing better, uh, especially the light kicks. A decent amount of this round is spent in a cage clinch and exchanging knees. Gatto's landing more knees, but none are particularly strong. She definitely has the volume there. I think the throw that Lipsky lands... Maybe the most impactful thing up until this point. I think you're right. Um, this is a decent slam. It was a it was a good throw there. Yeah, uh, slam throw. You know the, the impact is kind of what I mean. Yeah, I mean slam. nothing yeah. nothing really comes from it. Sure, uh, but but there is some effect. I think right. Yeah, Gatto Gatto gets up and she lands a few more knees and so like I said, she's probably ahead on volume. But you know when they uh, elevate, you know Lipsky lands some more. Elevate back to the you know. Yes. Uh, Return to the feet. Yes. Uh, and separate. Lipsky lands some more up top. Solid leg kick. I think she just edges it for me. So I'm 10-9 Lipsky. I'm also 10-9 Lipsky. But man, I actually like, I don't want to say agonized over it, but like, I was so close to going Gatto. This was here. a very I really close was. round. It was super, super, super close. Super close. Like when, when Lipsky's landing that right, the she lands a big combo to the head late in the round. It's like, bam, that's that's solid right there. Yeah. And the light kick. It's it just nothing really. Nice, like, lips, yeah. Nothing Gatto had in that round was that big. I mean, she was sticking her, you know, 
a little bit. But no one, nothing, nothing no one landed anything that big here, and that's part of the problem. Mm. A lot of them, especially in the first round, I, I I don't think I pointed this out, but felt like for a while they were really just at the end of their punches too much. Like it was, just, it was mm. like they were just enraged to touch, you know. Even when it wasn't just a necessarily a jab, it just felt like they weren't quite. Maybe that's coming across differently on TV, but that's what it looked like it's to like- me. Thank goodness Laura Sanko pointed out that our significant strike stats just mean any strike at distance, no matter how hard it is. She pointed that out in this fight when the numbers were were shown on the screen, and it was like 36 to 12. And it's like, yeah, uh, Gato was landing these little pitter-patter knees against the fence. Laura Sanko is a godsend. This is not <laughs> this is not because she's a woman doing the job, okay? I don't want to make this like a like a sexist or, or, or even, you know, feminist thing or whatever thing, right? It's not about that. She actually is trying to give context to things that no one else does. It's amazing, and we need more of it. And she said when she was on the uh, as a participant in the California training call a couple weeks ago that that I happened to be able to sit on. She said she was going to try and do that, and true to her word, she is. And it's not just the only time she's done it; other times. And props to Bisping for saying how stupid it was. <laughs> that they do this. Yes. Yes. Call it out. Make it part of the conversation. Make yeah. it sound dumb. That's how you get change, especially mm-hmm. from within an organization like that. Mm-hmm. Like you may not be able to affect change with the um, you know, with with like let's say the rules or the way the criteria is written overnight, especially, right? Mm-hmm. Just by calling it out. But within the organization, if they're putting it on TV like, hey, this is dumb, maybe they start actually changing. Yeah. It's the own organization. They can just change that. So yeah, I, I like it. I, I'm really happy about that. Spot on, dude. You're pointing out everything tonight. I love it. <laughs> Make me happy. Uh, but yeah, like I said, this was hyper close. I saw it like you uh, in, in favor of uh, Lipsky, just as judges D'Amato and Lee did, which obviously that is burning up uh, one person in particular, like we said, um, who saw it the same way as Adelaide Bird for Gatto here, which is a perfectly good score, too. Fine. We just accept that and move on with our lives. You lost that unit. It's over. Move on. It's over. Get over it. Stop betting. That's why it's gambling. <laughs> You're fighting on two people. You have no control over what they do. Yeah. I know. It can be fun. <laughs> yes. Listen. Yeah. I, hey, I, I, speaking of gambling, cause, and, and you know, I don't, I don't do the MMA betting thing because of many reasons, but I, you know, I like to bet on some other sports or here and there. I did win on my $10 bet on Joey Chestnut's under on the hot dogs. Ah, under. Yeah. Which was, he was far under. He had to hit 73 to make it a problem. He hit 62. Okay. Like, what? Like he's Mark McGuire in uh, 98 <laughs> or Aaron Judge. Get out of this. That's not going to do enough. You got to hit 73. You got to get to Barry Bonds level. Mm. Mm-hmm. You got to get that juice on. And I don't yeah. mean like, you know, drinking juice like you would maybe after you have a nice hot dog. Yeah, no, I think it's the grossest competition there is. It is disgusting, and I didn't <laughs> watch it, especially because no. it was delayed by lightning. I was actually going to watch it if it didn't. Um, mostly because I like to show my boys just because I feel like we'd laugh at it. Yeah, see, I wouldn't mind watching it if dunking the bread and water was illegal. Oh, it's terrible. We were talking that about that. Like, we had friends over that day. Thing. We all thought it was awful. Um, yeah, but I will say I am trying to move away from betting on, like, let's say that day's game. Or something like that, because I'm finding I'm not nearly as good at that as I am on futures bets, like people are going to win awards or people are going to win the championship. Yeah, thing. better better at over time. I am significantly sample. better at that. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to do the legwork and figure out where I am because they don't separate bets like, like that on FanDuel. I, but I'll bet you I'm up on that, like, like well. If you did bet MMA, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if the main mainstream books have this. Okay. 
but some books have where you can bet on who will be the champ for divisions at the end of the year. <sighs> and I think you'd probably be pretty good. I don't that. know if I would because I feel mm-hmm. like I, sometimes it can be very hard to predict that kind of thing. Well, you just pick whoever is going to be the champ. Like, because they don't, they don't just get stripped. They just they give an interim. But what are you going to win on that? Like, maybe you can parlay a few. I don't know. But like, shoot, if if you do that and you said, oh, well, obviously, Valentino Shevchenko is going to be the champ by the end of the year. Whoops. <laughs> if, if you parlay it, you're bust. I, I don't know. I, I don't see. I That one I would stay away from, even if okay. I was a better, I think. Um, but I'm glad I stay away. Let's move on. We got four rounds to get through. I, I think we got through the most interesting thing. But there's a round I want to talk about a little bit. You know what? Let's move it up. I actually want to talk about this one instead. Okay. We talk about the 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 round, the one round from the men's side here. Grant Dawson getting the win over Demiris McGlove. Unanimous decision, no doubt over who the winner was. 30-27 twice and a 30-26. Round one is our 10-8. We don't get a lot of splits in round one. Usually if it's like a bigger one, it's going to be uh, later on in the fight. Although mm-hmm. I would say I think you're more likely to get a split over round one than round two when you're talking about the eight. So if everybody's on the eight, usually arounds two and three that's just anecdotal i haven't done the stats on it but observationally i feel like in round one they're less likely to pull the trigger okay just from what i've observed uh, but okay. i'd have to run the numbers maybe i'll let that in the uh, in the data show at the end of the year yeah, we'll find yeah that out. punch that in there but we'll talk about this one let's talk about round one uh really good round uh for dawson he gets a takedown uh probably like a, almost like a minute in i'd say uh, and he's quickly on the back with the body triangle, landing a couple little elbows, but uh, no real close choke attempts. He's attacking, but nothing nothing that close. Uh, good defense from Ismagulov. And the, the thing is, Dawson's not really throwing many strikes here either. Kind of just like hand fighting a lot. A little while. Uh, about 45 seconds left in the round is when Dawson starts letting loose, and he, he lets some good ground and pound go. I feel like he gave up on the idea that so, he was going to get the sub, and he's like, maybe I'll just hurt him. Well, see, I, I thought I thought that too, because he started punching him pretty good, and then he's like, oh, maybe I can get the sub now. Ah, maybe he just and then to he, open it And up, then he was know? like, never mind, forget it. <laughs> and <laughs> he's then just he, hoping it would so open like, up, maybe. Right? That last 45 seconds was enough damage for me to put it over. I can see an argument that the damage wasn't that high, because it, maybe it wasn't. Uh, I think. do think he got dominance solidly 100 percent, and you got easy and you have duration yes um and two d's but that's not is it, supposed to be enough right. first off but that's not how it's being applied no it's not damage is, is supposed Vegas, to be what we've observed so i can understand why no no one would go an eight there i went the eight i think the damage was enough well not nobody went the eight mike bell the champion of the eights went yeah 10 eight so i'm with mike bell on that one i feel a little more strongly that this is an eight okay. and i get like if anybody understands the context of the uh the fact that they're not giving the eights unless it's higher damage, it's mm-hmm. the guys who are talking here, right? But man, like it's not like it was big damage, but it was you had something on top of the fact that there was very good D level dominance and duration, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like we have a situation where this isn't someone riding out for points, right? This guy is trying to not just finish, but hurt his opponent. Mm. I think that's a difference maker. And I think sometimes it, that gets lost sight of. And, and uh, again, I have a lot of trouble personally getting too down on the judges when they get into these situations because the the eight has gotten so messed up over the while. And like maybe they've normalized it by now, right? It's been two years. I hope they have. But even still, this seems like the type of round that you're supposed to say an eight for to me. Oh, I would love if this was just like a textbook eight. I just I don't know. I I guess it's just me tolerating a cloud here, but I I definitely want to see this as an eight so I, I feel kind of strongly about it obviously the criteria as written does support it whether it's implemented that way because of you know unwritten mandates or or what have you or expectations from you know 
bosses or against maybe it's just stemming from dana i don't know um i just don't like to see it i really want to see this round be an eight and it bothers me that it's not but also it didn't matter in this case so no i actually thought dawson had a better performance than strickland i was more impressed with that it was great but, dude everyone sleeps on, slept on grant dawson was he the underdog here I think he I was. I, I, don't I didn't know. actually I don't look, but I could swear yeah. somebody said he was like an underdog to to Demiris Wagulov. Maybe I'm wrong, but no matter what, like I looked at this fight, and I don't like to make public picks, especially. But you know, sometimes I got a guy in my head that I'm like, or or a gal in my head that I'm like, they're gonna win. I looked at this fight and I said, Grant Dawson's a monster, and he's definitely <laughs> going to beat Demiris Wagulov, who literally retired and then re, re unretired within three months. Like that's not the type of guy you want to be in that mental space with. Right before you face mm-hmm. Grant Doss is a monster. He's going places. I don't know if he's going to be the champion one day, but I think he's someone who's actually going to stick at the he's in that young. upper level. He's young, so and he's I believe he's eight zero and one the UFC. That's a damn good run. Yeah, that's especially at lightweight. Absolutely, so. yeah, a monster. Well, he he moved up from featherweight to be fair. Okay, um, so part of that is down there, but it, uh, nonetheless, he is he beat a bona fide guy that people at least had some respect for in Amir Zogulov, ranked I, opponent. I, yeah. And and he certainly has a number uh, next to his name now. He they both had a number. He was fifteen coming in. No, awesome. he's, he's a bigger number now. Now he's he might be top ten. I think he actually did. Now, 10, but... I mean, the UFC ranking panel is is incredibly stupid with actually. a panel of people that no one's heard of. <laughs> but yeah, it's the one that apparently carries the most weight. Yeah, Dawson jumped up to ten. Stamped. Yeah, good for him. That's where he belongs. He should get. He should be fighting up in rank again. How long he stays there depends on what Jalen Turner does this weekend. Also, he, he said it's 90% his team and 10% him. I'm going to disagree. That's just humble talking. It, it, it's a little, so. it's overly humble. It is. Also, probably don't call your wife the B word, even if it's loving. <laughs> it's it's just, maybe not on camera anyway. Like, you want to do it at home, it's all right. But like, maybe not on ESPN. Just just not the not the venue, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would say, even if I did that with my wife, which I don't, she would not like that. Um, was it, was she it would so- really not like that on TV. Was it censored? <laughs> I I don't believe so. I I watch on ESPN Plus and nothing gets bleeped out. It should never get bleeped out, no matter what it's on. So like it's face punching. I heard when uh, Strickland was talking, or like most of what he said got bleeped out. He didn't even say anything that crazy. You strong Strickland, which was wild, but yeah, nothing got bleeped out for me. So oh good. If you have the option, you're watching through the app. Watch the ESPN Plus feed because they don't care. Do you want? That's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. They're punching each other in the face. Anyway, I feel very strong about that. But what does that mean? Because Sal D'Amato and Chris Lee saw it for the as the nine, but it was, again, Mike Bell who saw the eight for Dawson. Couch side over. <laughs> Great one for Bell. Ring the bell, too. Ding. Yeah. Should have a bell. Should have a bell noise. Yeah. Let's get into the more or less interesting round. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll move on to the. Yeah, we we're halfway through. These aren't going to be quite as as great. We can get through one of them is at least a split decision. So we're we're talking about you know who won the fight, right? Carl Hosa did get the win over Yana Santos. It was uh twenty nine twenty eight twice and a twenty nine twenty eight for Santos. Round two is our split here. Uh, after Santos had a nice first round and Rosa got uh, Hosa got the third round. So. What's happening around him? Yeah, uh, Santos is starting fast, landing some smaller shots, gets it against the cage where she spends a decent amount, throwing knees and elbows. I don't think these are particularly hard, but, you know, she's ahead so far. At distance, I think Hosa is landing heavier, uh, but definitely isn't that busy. Good knees in the clinch uh, and kicks. Santos did land some. Uh, I just don't think it's that hard. Close round, but I have for Hosa 10-9. I went the other way. I actually went for Santos here. Um, I thought her... 
offense was basically just a little more effective the other way. All right. I, I don't. I don't have a whole lot more to say to that. I don't think I can add to it, and I don't really want to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you're gonna accept that and deal with it because it's really not that big a round, not a crazy round, and I don't think it's one we should be uh, having tantrums over either. But I didn't see any. So no, but I mean, so at least so, that. so much for Salen and Chris being the ones that always. <sighs> sway things yes on opposite ends yeah. of the way this time yeah 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 that that was another thing that was pointed out and actually prompted me to put a little bit of a stat out here i will throw this into the into the um into our little show here because yes it was pointed out again in, in aforementioned tantrum from luca fury that uh <laughs> that in his estimation it's sal damato and chris lee who are always teaming up on the same side and throwing things out of whack and and doing the wrong thing and you know they're corrupt and da 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 on and on and on all blah 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 right a lot um, of hubbub a lot of hubbub sure we can go with that um but anyway i it finally got me thinking because i i didn't do this much more in depth than i didn't have the time to do it to a lot of people but i said okay why don't i just see how in step Sal D'Amato in particular is with his fellow judges over, I went for like an 18 month period all the way back to the beginning of 2022, right? Um, I'm stalling because I'm trying to get to the statistics as I get there. But um, what we have is, and I have it here, the data of Sal D'Amato and his agreement with other judges, paired judges on scored UFC rounds since the start of 2022 with the aforementioned Chris Lee. They have scored 176 rounds together. They have been, they've had the different winner on 20 of them. They agree 88.6% of the time. With Mike Bell, more rounds together, 217, 26 of them, they had the different winner for a rate of 88% agreement. With Derek Cleary, another judge who he works incredibly frequently with. These are, these are some of the top working judges, right? Most frequent judges. 180 rounds with Derek Cleary, 26 of them, once again, different winner. The rate of agreement is down to 85.6. So what we see here is that he is in step, Sal D'Amato, with Mike Bell just as often as he is in step with Chris Lee. Just about exactly as often in terms of rate, which is counter to what, again, Luca Fury is saying in this instance, which he is saying, Mike Bell, way better judge. Defending him as a great judge, but not Sal D'Amato when, once again, they're just as likely to agree with each other as Judge D'Amato and Lee. Now, I do completely agree, completely agree here that Mike Bell is a terrific judge. He really is. He already got a couch side override. Bing. But I don't see any sort of difference in the way um, he's in step with one judge compared to another judge who he frequently works with. And, and I think the data bears that out. That's why I like data. But Scott. We got 99% of fights are easy to score. They are. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> 99%. Oh, what a bad tantrum. He should have just gone to bed. I, again, I, I really don't dislike Luca Fury. I don't. I actually don't. Um, But he gave a lot of fodder. So we're, uh, <laughs> that's where we are. Let's move on. Uh, did we, we, did our, we gave our winners here, right? Do we have anything else yeah. to say? I don't feel like anything no. else. Kyle Hulso. Yeah. And you were Santos. So. I'm done. Yeah, we're split here. Whatever. I saw it like Sal D'Amato. You saw it like Chris Lee and Ron McCarthy. It's a split decision that happened, and we're going to move on with our lives. To another fight. Luana Carolina getting the win over Ivana Petrovic, newcomer to the UFC. UD, 29-28. Everyone had the same score. Got there a different way because Tony Weeks was out of step on two rounds from his peers, uh, David Leatherby and Ron McCarthy. So we're going to talk about round two first, then round three. What happened in round three? Yeah, early on the feet, Carolina is clearly landing better. Petrovic gets the clinch, and she probably wins 
this part, uh, but not by much with her knees. Mm. Uh, back at distance, Carolina is just landing better again. But Petrovic lands a big one-two punch combo to the head that wobbles Carolina a bit. And they clinch and exchange knees. That combo makes it close. But I still think it's uh, Carolina 10-9. Bad round. Should never have been scored the other way. <laughs> no, no. This is a perfectly close round. I, I, I saw it for Carolina as well. But I, I don't think it's that crazy. I don't have much more to add. We saw it. Uh, again, the majority here being David Leatherby and Ron McCarthy. Mm-hmm. So it was Tony Weeks on his own here. Perfectly fine. Just went the other way. And we disagree. What about round three? Uh, I think Carolina's winning on the feet. On the ground. Uh, she's winning most of the you know, transitions. Um, landing some strikes in between. The longer it stays in the ground, though, Petrovic starts attacking the legs. You know, she got a toe hold attack, a heel hook attack. She landed some strikes in these positions while uh, Carolina was defending. Uh, but she also ate some strikes. I don't think the sub attacks were all that great, but I can see why you'd score for her. But I like it for Carolina 10 9. I also like it for Carolina 10 9. I think it's a solid, solid, fine round to go that way. I think it's close enough to go the other way. Mm-hmm. I think we still ended up with a. The great winner, I feel like, on the whole, it was a better fight from her, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's the nice thing about this, but if you give those other two rounds the other way, I get it. It might not be the best for optics. This might be one of those cases where people start to freak out and have actual mm-hmm. tantrums about, right? <laughs> but no, I think we still had the right woman over the course of 15 minutes got her hand raised, even though you can go the other way. So I did see it all three rounds like you did for Luana Carolina. And this time we agreed with Tony Weeks, who was on his own. So what does that mean for Judge Weeks? Capside over We don't get too many Tony uh, Tony Weeks couchside over as I feel yeah, like. Just I'm not remembering too many. It's happened. I know it's happened. He's got a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think too many. But good good on him. That's a nice one. That's nice to cap it off. That was, that was our six rounds for contested rounds. We are done with them for the week. Not too long before we're talking about some more. But uh, Favorite finishes out of six, Dan. We had four TKOs and KOs, two subs, four first-round finishes, all in a row in the middle of the fight car. That was fun. Uh, mm-hmm. What was your favorite? I like Benoit Saint-Denis, uh, rear naked choke over Ishmael Bomfim. Crazy fight, to be honest. Saint-Denis just kept laying into the body with the left kick, and Bomfim was like, yeah, give me more of that, please. <laughs> I want you to no keep, more. keep kicking me, please. And I'm like, wow, this guy's insane. And then he almost came back, and he was kind of getting the better of, of St. Denis for a minute. And then uh, then he wasn't, and yeah, he got choked. These so things, These things happen in It was day. a fun fight. Yeah. Uh, it's Benoit St. Denis. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. My bad. I know. The, the, the OC <laughs> always messes that up. It's Benoit St. Denis. It's a very American name. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he actually is from France. Um, that, that was a nice one. I, my favorite, though, was, <laughs> I mean, this is almost sad here. Renat Fakradina just cracked Kevin Lee in his in his awaited return to the UFC, who, I mean, he was almost basically knocked out from that one shot, but then he got choked unconscious <laughs> all inside of 55 seconds. It didn't last long. It wasn't a great performance from Kevin Lee. It was not the type of thing he wants when he's coming back. Uh, this was his weight class. He moved up to 170 like he wanted. Uh, sure, would have preferred 65, but that's obviously not an option, mm. unfortunately. I think we both want that, right? That'd be fun. But yeah, that that's that stung for him. But Fakardinov, I, I, I like where he's heading. He's an interesting prospect at 170. Oh, yeah, it should be good. I mean, good on Herb Dean, too. He was like, he really made sure he was out cold. <laughs> like, I know, I, I do I do mean that. What are you I mean, trying to say? I mean that genuinely. No, that he, like, it, it came off as disingenuous. No, 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 no. Like, he actually, I thought it was a good stoppage. Like, okay. He definitely knew he was out. And he's like, okay, now it's really over. 
Herb gives a really long leash so. from time to time, and I think sometimes he's criticized for it, and I think sometimes he even deserves it. But I think here, yeah, I think he actually did it right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had no problem with that at all yeah. whatsoever. Hard job. Like uh, like Paul, Paul Felder says this all the time. It's a hard job. And I think that's a really important thing to say. He says it's a hard job, but he has a lot of criticism. But you know, so, he, but but the fact that he'll even admit that it is a really hard job, like I feel like mm-hmm. it's still better than, than the average person talking about it. Right. When is when is Dominic Cruz ever going to say it's a hard job? Oh uh, yeah, I don't I don't think he's going. I don't think he ever will. I, I mean, he said I, I think he's I think I've heard him say things like, "Oh, I wouldn't want to judge this fight." Stuff yeah, like I that. think he's probably said that, but that's basically just an admission of he just doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, all right, fair. Uh, you know, in, in such a way that most people just like throw away, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's enough of that. UFC 290. We're only a few days away now. Let's go. I like this one. I like this card. Yeah, it's a good card. Pay-per-view. This is... When did they ever put out a uh, an early July pay-per-view where you were like, eh, I don't know if I'm buying this one. This is this is the one they always stack. Um, it's unfortunate we had some casualties, you know, down the main card, right? But at least we still have our two title fights, assuming everyone makes weight. Alexander Volkanovsky, Yair Rodriguez unifying the 145-pound title, which is such a silly thing because, you know, Yair fought... The same night Volkanovski did for the fifty-five pound belt. Yeah, I, whatever they just wanted to do something. So they, I felt like they wanted to give an opportunity to get Yair a belt because it could help their Mexico strategy. I think he's amazing, oh, he's but fantastic. also it could have just been a number one contenders fight. And I think most uh, interim belts at this point are used really stupidly. So okay. that's really my my belt. My quarrel is entirely with the actual interim belt okay. idea. But I love this fight, and I like that it looks like someone who could really put Volkanovski in dangerous situations, which is the last time we had that was Brian Ortega. Right. And that was a really fun fight. So I'm curious to see what kind of fight we get here. I like that one. Do you like that one? I do like this fight. Yeah. Like like obviously like it. Like in the context of like other title fights, you like this one? Oh yeah, yeah. This is this is this is the matchup I think we've been wanting for a while, but Max just wouldn't let it happen. (laughs) So I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, this is this is this is a, a great headliner. I'm glad the you know they didn't decide to put like a you know, 170 on this card and be like, nope, Alex, you're co-maining. Well, Volkanovski was he fought uh, the last time that they were that they did a fight week, right? He was international fight week. Okay, he was also on that card. I think it's nice to put him as a staple there too because he is a talent that they really should be highlighting. I think we're actually watching um, an all-time great who's ascending still. Well, he just gets better each time. He does. He does. Man, I mean, obviously, he lost that fight up at 55, but, I mean, shoot, I'll bet you we're going to watch a lot more fights with uh, Islam Makachev coming up, mm-hmm. and I bet you that they won't be nearly as competitive as Alexander Volkanovsky was in that fight. He didn't win, mm-hmm. but, like, darn it, he looked, he had his moments, and I think if he makes some adjustments, I wouldn't rule it out if they ever fought again. Oh, I think they're going to fight again. I do. Almost, I also almost, think they're going to fight again, but almost a guarantee. Really, just depends on how long, far off it's going to be. Because obviously, fifty-five gets really backed up. You know. Yeah. That can be the tricky part there. And sometimes you got to strike with iron's hot. Iron's a little colder now. Who knows? But I hope it does happen. Mm-hmm. I do love the other title fight as well. I like that there's a storyline here. Brandon Moreno, obviously going against defending his belt against somebody new. Amazingly. Right, yeah. It is not Davis Figueredo. It's Alexander Pantoja, another fighter who's had some real good success about, against him in the past. Uh, I like that we have that angle here. I always like it when like the guy challenger for the belt has some wins over because then you start to really cast doubt over the champ, but also not necessarily in such a way where you rule out the champ. But yeah, I don't think you can rule out Brandon Marino now. He's gotten so much better. Yeah, he's really good. Fight. I think we all know that. 
I love this fight. I think it's gonna be fun. The flyweights always deliver. I think, especially in the championship uh, level. Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm almost positive we'll be talking about some of these rounds because they're gonna be close. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I didn't put on here is uh, the the fight we expect to, most to be talking about. So I, you know, I probably I probably would have tried to pick one that's not you know the main events or the the main title fights. But yeah, I think you're right. This mm-hmm. is probably almost definitely the one we're gonna be talking about. And I'm gonna add, we're gonna be talking about a Bo Nickel ten eight ten nine split. I'm... Actually, no, I'm going to change that. We're going to be talking about a Bo Nickel 10-8, 10-7 split. Oh, well, I'm going to say we're going to be talking about him as a potential favorite finish, but that's okay. Oh, that'll come later. No, no, no. First round. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair. They don't score the first round, dude. <laughs> it's, wait, we Virginia? Get out of here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this, of course, of Nevada, which is great because, once again, we get those amazing Nevada judges. Uh it wouldn't surprise me if Saldamato was back in the in the chair for them for one of these title fights at least. But we got two, so there's plenty of five round experience, wonder, big fight experience to go around. I wonder if uh, I wonder if David Leatherby will still be in town uh, because he did this class card. Maybe Ben Carlich comes in too. They're both Nevada judges now. Yeah, but I mean, so maybe they'll also be. It only makes it better. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to stay in Vegas for two weeks. That's how you go poor. Whoa! I gotta live in Vegas. Then you go poor. I love that city. I I would worry about your finances. I would put you on an allowance. You should only be worried about my finances because it's so expensive to eat. You don't have to worry about the gambling portion, sir. It's you all just, part of the equation. You just I have understand to the worry. food is there. You just have to worry about how I'm going to eat because it's so expensive out there. Well, they say, what? Here's here's my suggestion. They love buffets out there, right? Is it still a thing? Because obviously no. post-COVID, is that no. gone? That die? There's there's like three buffets. Caesar's $65. The win is $75. And I, I don't even know if the Bellagio still has a buffet or not. I just know the Caesars and Win are two buffets I, I am 100% sure are still operating. And they're $65 and $75 each. But, that, but here's the thing. That's what you do. You now become one of the, what do they call them? The ones that just eat like in a, in a short period of the day. I forget the, the, the term for that. Fasters? No, it's not fasting. It has a it has a name. Um, it was intermi- intermittent fasting. Intermittent That's fasting. what it is. Yeah, yeah you're right. It, you're close. In an eight hour window. Yeah. No, no, no. But like, what you do is you go to the you go to the buffet and you eat a whole day's worth of food, and then you just deal with that as your sixty five dollars for the day. You paid three times. Paid for three meals for sixty five bucks. It's not as bad. But you only get a two hour limo a uh, window. Yeah. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, you, you go in there, you eat quick, and then maybe you take a break, go do something, and then come back and have the rest of the food for the day. And that's it. Okay. I I, don't see, I I think I'm a genius. You might be. I also don't like the idea of intermittent fasting, but like if that's, you know, if it's about saving money. Like, I shoot, do it. I get it. I do it accidentally. <laughs> I kind of do sometimes too. Like, I forget what I'm doing, and then I'm like, oh, I haven't eaten today. <laughs> I actually do. That's unfortunate. Uh, and I do love to eat. That's the funny thing. Mm. If you saw me lately and you saw me before, you'd know that I love to eat. Anyway. Other fights on this one, which there are plenty, but I think it starts to get a little like less as far as name value as you go down past like the the say the ESPN aired feature prelims or is it ABC? I don't know what they're airing. Are they on ABC this I'm week? I'm not I sure. I assume which the is ESPN, horrible. They might be. It is horrible because they do bleep them out on. Oh ABC. yeah, that's true. I remember uh, back when they were on ABC a couple weeks ago for the actual card. Uh, somebody was cursing on it, and it might have been David Onama. And he cursed like a few times and DC was like, man, we're on ABC here, dude. You got to watch out the cussing. <laughs> See, I don't I don't mind if they bleeped a quick cuss word, but when they hit the bleep button, it is bleep. Oh, it's everything. For, yeah, you'll never hear anything again. For, you know, five seconds. Yep. Yeah. And you miss the whole interview. Yeah, yeah, don't curse because no one will ever hear you again. That's pretty much it. Thank God. Um, or if you curse, 
and you forgot to hit record, you will find out you didn't hit record, so that you could get to do your whole show again. There you again. go. Sometimes it's really there useful. You go. That's the truth. Glad it happened three minutes in and not an hour in. That would have been very <laughs> tragic. Uh, but I do, again, there's a lot of great fights on here. On the main card, we talked about this before, Robert Whitaker, Drikus Duplessis. Um, I feel like some people see are just completely writing off Duplessis. I'm not, but like... I. Okay, it's a top ten fight. This is a legitimate matchup. This is different than Strickland against Abus. Yeah, I think no, I think this is gonna be a good fight. Mm. I, I think it'll be fun. There's at least some drama here. Um I feel like they just want Drikus Duplessis to get in there because there's gonna be a little bit of a storyline. With with Izzy. And they can avoid the potential of the third fight between Whitaker. I mean he loses here, like realistically, his path to the eighty five title is mm-hmm. probably closed. So yeah. there's a lot of lot of um a lot on the line for Bobby Knuckles here. And I like that. It's hard to hard to dislike him. You mentioned Bo Nickel, of course. He lost his original opponent, which was Sean Brady. Sean that Brady. Awesome. That would have been fun. Um, wait, Sean Brady? No, yeah. Sean Brady was Jack Della Maddalena. Oh, I'm sorry. Sean. Yeah, you okay. mixed up. Okay. Trey Sean Gore. Gore. Trey Sean that would have been fun too because Trey Sean hits pretty hard. Yeah. Um, but Bo would have beat him. Yeah, probably, my bad. Probably Sean Brady and Jack Della would have been awesome. Yes, that would have been a terrific fight. That I think was the the real tragedy here because I I feel like it doesn't really matter who you put Bo Nickel in against. It's really just about watching the next Bo Nickel step, giving him a little bit of cage time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is what it is. But yeah, Jack Della, he's got again. He's going against here Josiah Harrell, a late replacement. I, I don't know much about Harrell. I think he's unbeaten. He is. He's it's, seven uh, seven and now. Sure, I, you know it still feels like unfortunate that they couldn't get any other names out there considering the people thrown in their hat were like kevin holland and all these people but they didn't want to do that i think kevin holland was saying he needed to hit 75 175 and i know it seems like in particular the ufc hates doing 65 and 75 because those are the divisions that people want and i think they know it because they'll do 180 In, in the last few years they've done 180 they've done 150 they've done 140 they do not want to do 65. They just don't want it. They don't want 75. It's clear they don't want it. They've done 95, though. 95 they seem okay with. But I think it's probably because nobody's really pushing for that one. That's just my... And, that's, and, that might be my, like, my, uh, what's it called? My, my conspiracy theory. But I I feel like I can support it. And I, I, I'm pretty sure Dane is on record saying how much he hates catchweight and that it means absolutely nothing. So I don't, maybe Jack Dell is like, listen, I don't want a fight in Dana's eyes to be viewed as as nothing or it, worthless. So I think it's stupid is like they Dana will say that right, but like he'll put together fights that like Abus Abus Magomedov against Sean Strickland. That's a nothing fight. It doesn't matter what weight it's at. It's a nothing fight. That was yeah. That was supposed to be a Strickland showcase, which, which it basically was. It was. It ended but up being. He, Took some damage in that first round. I think that was. I think part of it was strategic. I think he was trying to wait it out. You know, he does that high. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not even trying to like be goofy here. Like I'm serious. Like he does that high, like protect himself, looking like he's almost scared from time to time. Mm. Guard here, where he just kind of takes it a little (laughs) bit. Right. It's it's a bad look, especially for someone who says he want he goes there and out there and he just wants blood. He wants to kill people in the cage. And then he looks like that like most rounds. But then round two comes out and he actually did look like that. A credit to him. But against an overmatched opponent. Yeah, do that. So, do that all the time. You can't because he's not against overmatched guys all the time. <laughs> I wish he would. He goes against do guys it. like just do that it. are as good or better than him. GSP did it. Yeah. So just do GSP's it. GSP's a great. And Sean Strickland, just, I'm sorry. I don't think anyone's looking at Sean Strickland saying probably maybe he'll be not. the GOAT one day. No, I don't see that. I'm pretty sure that ship sailed. Um, but just do we it. We also have to highlight, of course, Robbie Lawler, who we mentioned I'm before. trying to do it. Yeah. But he is in Robbie Lawler, his retirement fight. Advertised retirement fight. I'll bet you this is real. I feel like this is the type of guy who's like, I'm going to be good. 
Well, this has been announced for months. But also, so. I mean, you know, the, what what does our friend Sean Sheehan always say about retirements? Looking forward to the next one. Yeah, look forward you to know, the next I one. I get it. I get it. it, it and it, shoot, shoot, I could be wrong here, right? Robbie Lawler could easily just hang him up and then be like, you know what? I'm going to do bare knuckle MMA with uh, with Jorge Masvidal again. You know, whatever. But I mean, I'm not I don't you know, you this know feels what? like closing the book in a lot of ways and I'm okay with it. I like Nico Price too. I like it's a good yeah. matchup. I like it. I think it's fun. Nico's a fun fighter. I think it's going to be a fun it. fun way for for him to leave. I think Nico Price is most definitely going to engage him in a way that um would allow us to potentially get a fun Robbie Lawler fight unless he looks terrible and then looks old and gets sad, which certainly could happen mm-hmm. too. Let's be real. These things happen in MMA. Um so I like that fight. You also highlighted here and I I agree as well. The other car, main card fight here, Dan Hooker against Jalen Turner at mm-hmm. 155. This is a good matchup, I think. They're both kind of not looking so, uh, you know, they kind of lost a little bit of the luster, I guess I should say. It's not that they're looking not looking great. Jalen Turner was doing really well. He just suffered a, a setback. Yeah, Dan Dan a few more, but... Yeah, that's true. He's, he suffered a few more. That's fair. Um, But good on him to stop saying, I don't want legacy fights. I still want fights that are going to get me to a title. Yeah. He, does, he doesn't see himself just wanting to fight it out and have these, you know, fun fights. I think this could qualify as both. I think it actually... I could see this being like a sleeper fight of the night. I actually could. All right. Dan Hooker's been in some fun fights before. Well, Dan right? Hooker's always in a war. But I think Jalen Turner has has a unique set of skills um, that okay. could help him find his daughter, uh, and then he will kill them. No, no. Different type of skills. Uh, I, I like him. I think he's a, he's got a big frame. I think he's he's brings a lot to the table. Mm-hmm. I like this fight, and, and I think this is my sleeper pick for fight of the night. Sleeper? Deep sleeper. Deep sleep. Deep sleeper. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you could. Can you bet fight of the night? No. I well, maybe somewhere so. you can. I feel I, like you I, shouldn't be able to uh, bet on something that Dana White controls so that Dana White could just make money off it. <laughs> that, would, that feels yeah. that feels tailor-made to allow Dana to increase his net worth. <laughs> uh, did you know Davison Figueroa and Manel Cop was on this card? Yeah. Yeah, it fell that off was, a couple weeks back. That's why. That was unfortunate because, they actually, you know, obviously we still have a good card here, but I think after the fights we talk about, Again, it loses a lot more name value, but we're pretty deep at this point. Yeah. This is a good card. 14 fights. And it doesn't mean the early prelims are not going to be like fun, but no, to be yeah. honest, I didn't deep dive as deep into them. I kind of, a lot of times, just allow them to happen and say how it goes, unless I see somebody I like. <laughs> All right, that does it. We'll be back again on Monday, back on our regular schedule program hopefully for a while too i don't see anything coming up uh you know i'm going away at one point we might have to figure something out for that but uh yeah we'll that out later in the summer luca no hard feelings we still love oh yeah for sure hey keep your eye out luca for my uh, my project where i'm updating my xbox and uh and, and my s64 i know you liked that before thanks for listening take everyone. care everybody